Welcome to Ensemble, where the sum of the whole is greater than its parts. This week's bite-sized podcast is going to summarize the most important stories in the financial and crypto world for you. My name is Dean, with me is Tim, and today we are your Ensemble. Well, Ensemblers, there's a little bit of doom and definitely some bloom in both the traditional and crypto markets from this week. But Dino, we have to start with the 10th biggest bank in America being on the verge of collapse just two months after Silicon Valley, Signature and Silvergate collapsed two months ago. First Republic Bank's share price crashed 98% in just a couple of hours. This was off the back of the news that the FDIC came out and said that it is preparing to put First Republic Bank under receivership immediately. Definitely not good news for the banking sector. And so it does seem like after we had Silicon Valley Bank collapse, which was the 16th biggest bank in America, as well as Signature and Silvergate, other large banks in America collapse, we may be on the verge of the 10th biggest bank, First Republic, collapsing, which would be the second biggest collapse in American history. Just to give a little bit more context on Sumbles, Dean just mentioned about how it just took hours for it to collapse down over 90%. Goldman Sachs noted in 2008, it took nine days for Washington Mutual, which is the largest banking collapse of all time, which preceded the global financial crisis, took them nine days to lose 18 billion in deposits. Silicon Valley Bank took four hours to lose $42 billion. And now we're seeing First Republic have their share price crash over 90% in a matter of hours as well. It is fascinating that we're living in this digital financial world now and the speed of which information and money can travel. So just when we thought the banking collapses were over, it seems that we back onto another wave. So there are ultimately two outcomes here. The first is that the FDI step in and make good, similar to what they did with Silicon Valley Bank. Or the second outcome is that another large bank acquires First Republic Bank and ultimately makes good on all the deposits deposits. What we need to be cognizant of is the fact that these banking collapses could actually lead to a recession. So as we've previously mentioned on Sambutlers, with the high money printing in 2020, plus the increase in debt that the US has, it's really not looking good for the economy and specifically the banking sector. And Jerome Powell did come out and say that we may have a chance of that looming recession, as Dean mentioned. The other really important note now, Dean, you did say that the FDIC wants to find a buy, whether it's a JP Morgan or Bank of America, one of the big boys. They really want to have it sorted before basically markets open on Monday. So we're recording this on Sunday on Sombers. Hopefully by the time you're listening to this, we have found either a buyer or the FDIC has committed to making all depositors whole. Now you're not hearing a lot about a lot of this in the media. It isn't as sexy as the Silicon Valley Bank. It's two months old in the news cycle. It's not as sexy as the Credit Suisse Europe collapse. It doesn't involve all these VCs and tech companies. It's just a run of the mill bank, but this has the possibility of having an even larger contagion than what we saw in March, simply given the size, 200 billion worth of deposits, which is about 25% more than what Silicon Valley Bank had. And as we've previously seen with other banks, if on Monday morning the market's open and the US potentially has not stepped in to save the bank, it may actually have a positive impact on crypto because other users will keep looking at crypto as stores of value for their funds. 
All right, Ensemblers, that was a bit of the doom. Let's go to a bit of the bloom, what happened in the markets this week. And we'll see it definitely in the NASDAQ 100. And that is because we have had the earnings season where all of the tech companies and all of the stocks in general have to report their Q1 earnings. Dean, what were some of the highlights? So Amazon was up 2%, Google was up 4%, Meta 12% and Apple 3%. But this may come off the back of the fact that all of these companies have undergone significant retrenchments. But Ensemblers, as we've previously spoken about, what may be in the favor of all of these top companies is the fact that they are focusing on AI. So for example, Google is focusing on BARD, Meta in its last earnings call had a very particular focus on AI as opposed to the metaverse, and we've seen the likes of Amazon and Apple dipping into it. So really a different trajectory for all of these companies. So really just to reiterate, these companies have looked at cutting costs, particularly in staff. We've mentioned a lot of the retrenchments over the last few months or six months even. And they're looking at utilizing AI for both streamlining their operational efficiencies, but also to see what new products they can get into the market. So a very, very positive earnings report generally across tech stocks and some very positive news, which we'll discuss later in the markets. What was not positive is the fact that the UK blocked a $69 billion acquisition that Microsoft planned on doing with Activision. So for those of you who don't know, Activision is one of the largest video gaming companies in the world. Their competition authorities blocked the acquisition and cited the fact that it may be unfair to PlayStation because Microsoft owns Xbox. So this was definitely a shock and it sent shock waves to various share prices when this deal was blocked. All right, Ensemblers, let's move across into the crypto world. And we'll start with a little bit of the doom as we did in the traditional markets, as we saw Binance and particularly Binance US terminate the deal to purchase all of the distressed assets from Voyager. So off the back of this, Binance was meant to acquire those assets from Voyager after, after FTX failed to do so. But because the transaction won't be consummated, what we may see is that there will be direct distribution of these assets to the various holders. So it is apparent that Binance may have terminated the deal due to, due to the various USA regulation that does not seem to be in favor of many of these companies. Dive into it for us, Tim. So we've spoken a lot in the past about how the SEC and all basically all of Congress are pushing crypto companies away from the US. And what we're seeing with this is Voyager have about $1.3 billion worth of customer funds sitting in accounts that are locked up. So if Binance US can't purchase this, US consumers are going to be out $1.3 billion. And this is on the back of last week we mentioned Coinbase and Gemini, who have both set up offshore operations to try and avoid the American crypto infrastructure and ecosystem. And this week, Coinbase came out with a video to the public saying that they are countersuing the SEC. So for those of you who don't know, Coinbase listed their company over two years ago after the SEC allowed this. But in the last few months, the SEC has been coming after the likes of Kraken and Coinbase by way of example. So what we saw this past week is Coinbase launch an application requesting the SEC to provide a specific answer to an application it sent through over a year ago on whether it needs to comply with certain regulations or whether it should not comply with regulations. In essence, what Coinbase is asking the SEC to do is clarify the regulatory position. 
Coinbase, what they've done so well, have become crypto's white knight. They're listening to the entire crypto ecosystem and actually being the leader and trying to take the fight to the big guys. I just want to read the excerpt that they did say as their, as their public statement against the SEC. So in this public statement that Coinbase released, they basically said, two years ago, we complied with all of the SEC, the Security and Exchange Commission's compliance. You haven't told us what rules have changed. You just told us that the rules and the playground has changed. So now we are willing to go and fight the fight in court to take you on and see exactly what these rules are. And we will play within those rules. And that's all that the crypto public and the crypto companies are asking for. What we're seeing at the moment is that all of these crypto companies and this innovation and, and thousands of jobs are being pushed abroad, particularly into Asia. It is definitely short-term bearish and short-term negative for the entire crypto space. We want the US involved. We need the US economy, the largest in the world, to be pushing crypto and pushing innovation. However, long-term, we know that this innovation is just going to succeed and the free market will win. Whether that's in America, whether that's in Europe, who've just released their MICA, their own set of regulations, whether that is in Asia, that's up to the free market. And off the back of Coinbase's news, what we saw is that Bitcoin is up 5% this past week to $29,300, while Ethereum is up 1.5% to $1,900. And in the traditional markets, the S&P 500 and Dow both saw gains of 0.9%, and the Nasdaq on the back of those positive earnings was up 1.3%. The Dow positively had its best month since January. Ensemblers, have a look this week. We're going to see announcements from the Fed about what they will plan to do with interest rate hikes, and we'll see the remaining 25% of S&P 500 companies release their earnings reports. So some more fun to be had in the markets this week. Ensemblers, that's all for today. Keep stacking, hodling, building, and maximizing our ROI. And remember, you're not alone. You're part of our ensemble, trying to get a bit financially smarter every day.